Welcome to the Alcohol Edition Podcast. My name is Lee Davy. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I'm someone that doesn't drink alcohol. I spend every waking moment of my life helping other people do the same, including right now. So, folks, what a weird spot we're in, right? I am currently one of 40 million residents in California who's been ordered by the governor, Gavin Newsom, to stay put. You know, not allowed to leave the house unless we are going for a walk, uh, going for a jog or something. But, we you know, we are very mindful in keeping that six foot uh, distance away from people, that social distancing that's going around the Internet. Uh, we can go to the groceries, the bank, those type of things. Uh, we can go to restaurants who are serving takeout. I'm not doing that myself, to be honest. Um, but in general, we've got to keep ourselves to ourselves. And it's a very terrifying time for people i'll just tell you my story and you know it'll be synonymous around the world i guess um i'm currently uh, in tahunga in los angeles and i'm living with my in-laws okay uh, liza's mum and dad uh, liza's mum doesn't work she's in his 70s obviously but liza's dad does work he's in his 70s but because of the order from uh, governor newsom today he's had to go into work and he's had to shut down his shop he's a tailor So he's had to shut down his shop. Um, What that means is he now cannot earn any money. Nothing. Zero. No money whatsoever. But he still has to pay rent on the store that he's just closed. He still has to pay a mortgage for this house that I am living in as well as he is. Still got to pay his bills. Still got to pay all his taxes. He's still got to eat. And that is a major, major issue and a major worry and a major problem. Okay. Now, That means that I have to step up and take care of this family. But 75% of my income comes through contracts I have working in live tournaments, live poker tournaments. But at the moment, there are no live tournaments. So, you know, what's going to happen there? Are my clients going to uh, fire me? Are my clients going to reduce my income? What's going to happen? You know, I'm crossing my fingers that nothing happens. Uh, that they take care of me and that I can take care of Liza's family, my family. Um, if not, then I'm going to be in the same boat as my father-in-law and we are all going to be in a house with no money and no way of paying the bills. And because it is such a global issue and because it's such a, you know, being in America right now, for example, it's such such an American issue, um, we actually don't know what's going to happen and how the government's going to deal with that. We don't know what's going to happen if we run out of food, like I go up to the supermarket up the road, I still can't get toilet paper, still can't get wipes, still can't get um, most foodstuffs. So what happens when we run out of food? We don't know. So there's a lot of uncertainty right now, you know, and added on that, it's currently, what's the date today? It's 20th of March. My visa in the United States runs out May 19th. What's going to happen? Am I going to get booted out the country? Uh, you know, I can't take my, my wife and my child with me because, you know, I can't afford to uh, I can't afford to rent when I get to the UK. I've got nowhere nowhere to live there when I go to the UK that is uh, satisfactory for me. Um, it's a really, really uh, difficult situation. So that frustration and that 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 fear that that uh, the unknowing um, is going to mean, especially because we're all locked up together, it's going to create a lot of arguments in the house. It's going to create a lot of conflict. People are going to have to learn to get on with each other um, in a real enclosed space where everybody's afraid. Um, and that is going to be really, really challenging. And it's at this time where I imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast, when it goes to going to the supermarket to stock on stuff, some of the things they're going to be stocking up stocking up with is alcohol. All right. Now, and with all the, the, the concern around the world and what it's going to mean to your family and stuff, you know, everything that made you drink in terms of stressing out, not being able to silence a voice in the head and all that kind of stuff, it's all going to be exacerbated to a level you've never before experienced. So the drive to drink alcohol is going to be really high for a lot of people. But here's the, here's, here's the thing. We need to turn this around and we need to turn this around really quickly. We need to take stock of our lives as this is happening and realize that how fragile our existence is and how fragile our rules are and how little control we really do have. 
when the government decides it's going to put rules in place and when Mother Nature decides to kick us up the arse by sending a pandemic around the, the planet. I'm talking about how gross we are when it comes to consuming stuff, right? How negligent we are and ungrateful when it comes to experiencing events or the simple thing of just going to a coffee shop and sitting down with a couple of people and talking or going to a yoga studio and doing yoga or seeing your family. Seeing your, my father, because he's a diabetic, he's a high risk. So people can't go to see him because he needs to be isolated. You can't see your father. So I can't see my son. I haven't seen my son now for uh, coming up to, well, last time I saw him was in December. It's now March. I don't know when I'm going to see him again. So, you know, we need to really take stock of our lives right now. We need to say to ourselves, wow, we were spending all that money on this, yet we just managed to, you know, to cut that back because we didn't have any coming in. We ate this, but now we managed to live on eating this. We bought all this, but now we can't buy it and we managed without it. Like, like we, we really need to turn this into a positive. We need to start saying to ourselves, now we're at home, what are all the good, great, wonderful things we can do? What are the opportunities in this crisis that we can uncover? Because there will be people around the world who will be flourishing at this time whilst the doom mongers of the world will be falling to their knees. And don't go to the store and stock up on alcohol. Take this as an opportunity to not get alcohol. Don't go to the store to get alcohol. Don't go to the pub because it is dangerous for you, right? It is dangerous, not just for you. I mean, I just did a YouTube video on epic meaning and calling. Make this bigger than you. Your decision to go out and drink alcohol could threaten everybody within your family if you contracted the virus. So just make this an opportunity to self-inquire the self-inclusion for two to three months, wherever you are, it could even be longer, with no alcohol. And I'm telling you, right? I'm telling you that once you get over a couple of days of it, it will just become the norm. And you'll wonder, what was all this fuss about? I managed it fine, right? Now, we all need to be here for each other right now in this time and have a lot of patience, do a lot of meditating, do a, a lot of tapping, do a lot of thinking about other people and putting other people first. Just the way you talk to people in your household. Me and Liza were talking about this yesterday. Really important. The tone you use, the caring attitude. Everybody's going to be afraid and we need to take that into stock. Okay. And what a wonderful, wonderful time while you're all stuck in the house trying to, well, worrying probably if your immunity system is up to scratch to fight this thing, what a great time to get over to Strive. Get over to Strive. Join the Strive Sobriety System that we're running on April 24th and learn to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol so you can have a stronger immunity system, a greater energy, a greater resonance, a new mindset, a new way of thinking. Let us clean you out and put you back together again so you're fucking tip top to deal with this coronavirus, all right? head over to www.1000daysober.com or send me an email to thetruthaboutalcohol at gmail.com and we'll get you on board, all right? The doors, whilst the Strive Sobriety System program doesn't run until April uh, 26, the doors are open. Just email me and I'll let you in, okay? All right, right. Now this, this week's podcast is a little bit different. We're not interviewing anybody. Um, the quality, the sound quality is not fantastic. Okay. I'll tell you what happened. Um, we have, a, we have various coaches on Strive that as per your subscription, you get to work with on a one-to-one -one basis or in group workshops when you reach a more advanced stage of the Strive model for change. Okay. You don't just come in and work with them. You need to earn it, right? You need to get to a point where they know that the person they're working on is really ready, like really ready to go 1,000 days. So in the stuck and the thought phases, which are where people start out, we don't work with coaches, but after when you get into the initiative phase, you start working with them, right? And they're amazing. So I did a session with uh, one of our coaches. His name is Vincent Grant, right? Vinny, we call him Vinny. So I did a session with Vinny. I wanted Vinny to help me deal 
with my problem around inadequacy. Now, I don't feel inadequate all the time. Right now, as I'm talking to you, doing this job, like speaking through this microphone, looking in this camera, I don't feel inadequate. I feel strong. I feel knowledgeable, experienced. I feel like I know what I'm talking about. I feel really confident. But there are other times when I feel really inadequate. So, for example, when I'm producing a piece of content for in my freelance work in poker, I feel inadequate. When I put it out, I feel that, you know, I'm worried that people on the internet are going to slam it, right? And it happens every time. But I know cognitively that more people like it than the ones who slam it, but I'm still getting hurt by the ones who are slamming it. And and it's stopping me to interact in in the poker industry, in social media because of that. I'm, I'm afraid of it. I don't like it. don't like the way it makes me feel. So I'm saying to Vinny, help me deal with this inadequacy, okay? So what happened was we decided to do a one-to-one session and I recorded it. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sharing that with you now. And the reason that I'm sharing it with you is I want you to listen to how Vinny works on a one-to-one basis with someone who has a problem, all right? You probably heard him working with Kim on the race on the race meet trigger and if you haven't listened to that three uh that trilogy the race meet trigger really really interesting you'll hear Vinny doing his work but i i wanted to keep that going and um so here you are you'll hear Vinny talking to me and basically taking me through his process to help deal with my inadequacy now at the beginning we had a few problems um he had a very dodgy internet connection where he was and because of coronavirus, I can never do a podcast now without, you know, Zia running around downstairs screaming. And right at the beginning of the interview, Zia and Liza were having a party downstairs and I really couldn't concentrate on what Vinny was saying. So I'm going to fill in the blanks because Stan, who's our audio man, he's cut the beginning of that off. So what basically happened at the beginning, which you didn't hear and you won't hear, is... Vinny asked me to repeat to myself over and over again, I am inadequate, I am inadequate, um, I am inadequate because I'm I'm worried that my content is not up to par. I'm inadequate because I've been doing this alcohol thing for so long and I don't think I've gone as far as I should have done. I'm I'm inadequate because of, and I just kept saying that. And then Vinny said to me, what is the earliest memory you have of being inadequate? And the first memory that popped up in my mind, which I was nine years of age, and I was in a football changing room with my local football team. And the coach had just said the, the 11 who were playing the starting 11. And then he said the two substitutes and, I, and he didn't mention my name. And I was someone who loved football. I really loved it so much. And I had all my gear and I was all ready to go. Like I was a kid who would cry if they called it off because it was raining, you know. And here I am and I can't play. And I can't cry because I'm fo- all these guys around me. And I have this massive lump in my throat because I know I'm going to ball. And eventually I leave and I run away as far as I can. And I ball and ball and ball and ball and ball because I didn't make the team. And, and I felt so inadequate. So that was my first, first earliest memory. And, and I told Vinny that. And then Vinny asked me to go back in time. He did some work with me and asked me to go back in time, me now as I am, to talk to this little nine-year-old. And... The early parts of that interaction, you don't hear me talking about. And basically, Vinny was asking me to connect with him. But this eight-year-old didn't want to connect with me. He didn't want to even look at me. He was just he was just looking down at the floor. And he wouldn't talk to me. I couldn't connect to him. To the point where I started to say to myself, this is nonsense. Vinny's asking me to speak to somebody that doesn't exist. Of course, this, this person is not going to talk to me because he doesn't exist. I started to question the whole process, right? And then eventually, Vinny trans- asked, asked me to envision us both being transformed to a different place. And actually, I thought as of, of us both being transformed to Old Trafford, Manchester United's football ground. But then Vinny started talking about we was by a waterfall and we was by a beautiful island and all this kind of stuff. And I still wasn't getting it. And then Vinny said to me, imagine there's a great beam of light being beamed down into the into the into the boy who's in front of you. Now what do you see? And then everything changed for me. And then everything got a little bit weird and a little bit fantastic. 
So I, I hope you enjoy it from this point on. Um, if you would like to work with someone like Vinny, then the way to do it for free is to join Strive. Is to join Strive and to get into the Strive Sobriety system. The experience starts on the 24th of April. So email me at truthbyalcohol at gmail.com and you get to work with the likes of Vinny. And then we've also got Lisa, who's our thanatologist who deals with grief and trauma and bereavement. And then we've got John, who's our cognitive behavioral therapist, person-centered coach. And then we've got Liza, who's just come on board, who's our health coach, who specializes in nutrition. Okay, You can work with all those people. Or you can work with Vinny one-on-one. And you just go to 1000daysober.com. You'll find the ambassadors uh, and the ambassadors and the coaches page and you'll find Vinny's details and you can contact him and you can work with him one-on-one. He's a very special man and he does very special things. So I hope this is something that you find interesting. It's going to be very different because it's just going to be uh, me talking about my subconscious experience. But I hope you get some value out of it. And then next week, we'll get back into the swing of interviewing where we'll be interviewing Michelle. And Michelle is uh, a, was our first member of the 1K Club, the first person to go 1,000 days sober. So we'll be talking to Michelle about that. So without further ado, I'll shut the hell up and leave you in the capable hands of my head. Okay, my eyes are closed. Okay, all right, good, good. So I'd like you to, um, it's, it's, it's still taking place. Um, it doesn't matter about opening the eyes, okay? Mm-hmm. So your eyes are closed, wonderful. And as your eyes are closed, I want you to see that eight-year-old boy again. Yeah. And, and feel whatever connection you feel with him. I want you to really focus on that. And I want you to think about and recognize his qualities, what's unique about him, his, his, his qualities in terms of characteristics or abilities, anything at all. Yeah. And as you see him, I want you to notice what happens, Lee, if, and you don't even really even need to see this, Lee, as long as you just believe it and have that reaction in your body. As you see him, Lee, I want you to notice what happens if you see the brightest light shining through the top of his head. I just notice what happens. And as this light shines all the way through him, to the tips of his toes, and to the tips of his fingers. And if you simply know it to be true, and that is a secret, not to try, just to know it to be true. And as you see it, notice his reaction. He's afraid. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to change. Ah. Can you ask him what's the worst that can happen if he, if he um, changed? What does he imagine the worst that could happen? What does he say? How does he react? He doesn't, he doesn't know. doesn't know why. Ah, I'd like you to ask him if he knows how old you are. Nine. Ah, he thinks you're nine. Oh, sorry. Yeah, how old does he think you are? I'd like you to tell him your age. Okay. And how does he react to that? He's not even looking at me, he's just just looking down at the ground. And when he's looking down at the ground, how does that make you feel inside? Sad. And where do you feel the sadness, Lee? My gut. And when you feel the sadness in your gut, Lee, I want you to notice how far inside the sadness goes. Say that last bit again. Notice how far inside of your gut the sadness goes. It's like filling it. It's like filling it. And when it's like filling it, if this when it's like filling it, has a colour now, and you can see it, what colour is it? Brown. And when it's brown and it's filling, do you recognise this 
emotion from your adult life. And when it's brown and it's filling, Lee, yeah. if, this turned, if this turned into a liquid now, what temperature would it be as you feel it in your gut? Warm. And when it's warm and you feel it in your gut, if two plugs on the soles of your feet are cold now and that warm water begins to drain out of you into the ground, Notice how far it goes, Lee. Not very far. And when it doesn't go very far, and it continues to drain out of you, just notice how this feels. Stomach and feels lighter. Mm -hmm. And when your stomach feels lighter, and then what happens? My head feels lighter. My eyes feel like a little bit of a chill behind the back of them. Like. Mm -hmm. Feel like and my body's what? filling up with air. Ah, cold air. Mm -hmm. And when it feels like your body's filling up with cold air, then what happens? Nothing else. Mm. And when nothing else happens, is there any of the ground left inside of you? No. Mm -hmm. And when there's no ground left inside of you. Is there a space left inside or not? Where the yes, is? space. Yeah. And when there's a space, Lee, and you may not have noticed, but above your head is the brightest, brightest light. It might be even like a sun shining brightly. And if the sun begins to shine through the top of your head, Lee, and into that space that's left behind now, notice what happens. Seeing the light and brightness. It fills up my stomach, but then it expands beyond that and reverberates yeah. through my body. Yeah, continuing to notice. And what's happening now? Feels like it's just filled my old body up. Mm -hmm. When it feels like it's just filled your, your whole body up, when you see the nine year old now, does he, does he look the same or different in any way? Oh, he's looking at me now. Ah, and when he's looking at you, and you look into his eyes, I want you to really feel your connection with him. It's part of you. If it's true, I'd like you to tell him that you've been waiting for him to come home. And if he's ready, Ask him if he would like to merge with you together as well. Doesn't want to. No. And that's okay, he's not ready. And when he doesn't want to, ask him if he would like to let go of all of those feelings forever. Don't think he understands me. Ah. And how do you know that's true? Don't he's just he's just sitting there sad. Sad yeah. again. And when he's sitting there sad, I'd just like you to sit beside him and not say anything at all. Just be there for him. I'd like you to imagine a 3D holographic movie screen opens up in front of you so you both can see it. And on this screen are only your happiest moments through your life going out. So you can see his future. Just showing him the happy experience. And how does he respond? Smiling. I want you to talk to him about them. Like you were talking to yourself. Understand? Mm. Like you're talking to a son. I want you to tell him that all these experiences are out there for him. And that some will be challenging, but He's got you there. He's happier now. Mm -hmm. And when he's happier now, ask him, do these feelings, are they better than how he felt before in the past? Yeah. Can you ask him if he would like to have more of these feelings? Yeah. Can you ask him if he has more of these feelings now? 
What does he feel from in his body? To understand. And where does he feel the good feelings inside? Okay. In his gut. Ah. And ask him if these good feelings became even better. How would that feel? Good. And ask him if it became even better. How does this feel? Good. And ask him if they were as big, a, big as a house. How would they feel? How do they feel? Hmm. It's like he's uh it's like he's looking at me saying, How can these feelings be as big as a house? <laughs> good, good. So he's being I get, responsive. I guess I was a rational, logical eight year old, nine year old as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like you to remind him that that's an old memory that it, that he was stuck in for a long time. There's an old memory. And the rest of you has grown up and moved on. And, and listen to what he says. And that he doesn't have to stay in that old memory anymore. Relief. Hope. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to tell him life, about life being an adventure. And that's you, Lee. That's you. So I'd like to, for you to talk to him about that. About opportunities and grabbing them and going for it. Just share who you are with him. About okay. Hang out with him. Talk to him about your philosophy of life and overcoming challenges and all of that. How does he respond? He's holding my hand. Yeah. Feeling that connection with him. Get the feeling he needs a mentor, teacher. Yeah. Once, yes. once, one, once that yes. closeness of relationship. Yes, yeah. I'd like you to really feel his soul. Really feel his soul and that vulnerability. And telling him he doesn't have to be on his own anymore. How is he responding? Are you still connected with him? Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he thinks I'm real. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. When I tell him I'm going to be around forever, there's a feeling of skepticism, uh, cynicism. Do you recognize trust. that? Mm -hmm. Do you recognize that within yourself as an adult? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, where do you feel that in your body? My throat. Ah. Uh, in your throat. And when you feel it in your throat, and you feel it there in your throat, and if this feeling changes into a shape or a form now, what do you see? Snake. Ah. And when you see the snake, I want you to notice the size of the snake, the color of the snake. The shape of the snake, the feelings that go with the snake. And what's this snake about? What sort of symbolic representation of it? He thinks it's protecting me. Ah, he thinks it's protecting you. What's it really doing or causing? Choking me. Ah. Can't, can't take anything in. Ah. It feels like he owns, he owns me. It's like, it's like my mouth that is the entrance to his lair. Ah. And then he won't let anybody you. in. Ah. I'd like you to communicate with this snake. Ask him how long he has been with you. Forever. Before this lifetime? Nothing. Ah, forever. Who would you be without this snake? Without his, it's your mouth being the entrance to the snake. Who would you be? The snake's saying I won't be anything. Oh. How's that been working for you? Not good. 
And if you if you can let this snake go, would you choose to do this? Yes. How does the snake respond when you say this? Hisses at me. It's curled up in my gut. It's black. Um, uh, red uh, diamonds on it. Big red forked tongue. Ah. Uh, big teeth. Uh, I'd like you to repeat after me. It is my intention. It's my intention. That this snake. That this snake. Departs from my energy field. Departs from my energy field. Now. Now. And so it is. And so it is. And notice what happens. It's gone. Okay, and when it's gone, where did it go? It evaporated in a puff of smoke. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when it's evaporated in a puff of smoke, I want you to notice what happens. If that light begins to shine through your head again, a super bright light, filling the space that's left behind, notice what happens. And what's happening now? It's different, different than before. Mm-hmm. Before I could feel it, I could feel it filling me up and then mm-hmm. filling up my whole body, but this time can't really feel feel much happening. Okay. And um, did the light come in or, or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Works in different ways at different times. It's not the same way. And as it come as it flows into you, what colour is it like? You see, what colour is it? Gold. It's gold. And when it's gold, and it flows into the space, all the way down into your gut and into your throat, and it's gold, and you focus, and you know it to be real. That's the secret. You just know it to be real. And what happens now? It's getting sticky. Mm -hmm. It's in there. It's just pooling in my gut. Mm-hmm. And it's sticky Continue. like honey. Yeah. Good. Continuing to observe. I think the snake wants to come back, but it's like it's like the snake's trying to come back, but it's like it's like lava. Mm-hmm. It's like that scene in the Terminator where the Terminator gets all melted up, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's a bit mm-hmm. like that. And as you continue to see this happening, unfolding, continue to observe. Now the snake's gone and it's just a golden lake. Mm-hmm. Not even a ripple. And when there's a golden lake, what about your throat area and your mouth? It's long. What's long? My neck. Mm-hmm. It's like an elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. Continuing to observe. There's just like an elevator shaft with an elevator in there and going up and down. Mm-hmm. And when it's going up and down, how does it feel? Wrong. Mm-hmm. And when it feels wrong, if it was to stop at a floor? There's no floors. It's like a, it's like a cavern. Ah. It's like a cavern. And what feeling do you get with this cavern? What, what emotion is it? Loneliness. Okay. Vast, vastness of space. Yeah. We're going through layers of emotion here that, that are being shown to you as symbolic representations. You're doing it brilliantly. It's made me upset. I don't know why. It's good. It's just emotion coming up, but it's perfect. Where do you feel this emotion? Where do you feel the upset? Between my the bottom of my rib cage, in between like my stomach and my chest. Mm-hmm. I understand. And when you feel it there, I want you to imagine holding a precious crystal ball to that part of your body. And when you feel the upset, if this upset feeling turns into a colour now, and you see the colour, you feel the upset feeling. What colour is it? 
Stay with the feeling you're doing well, buddy. Stay with the emotion you're doing well. You okay to continue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you feel the emotion inside, and you're holding the crystal ball to the part of your body where you feel the emotion, do you understand? Mm-hmm. Stay with me, Lee. If this emotion begins to drain into the crystal ball now, just notice what happens as it's draining away. It's black. And when it's black, and it's draining away. What's in the torso? The light goes out on the elevator. Ah, it's the black draining away. Draining away. Notice if the crystal ball becomes heavier and heavier. And as it continues to drain, I'd like to speak to your superconscious mind. Superconscious mind, hopefully, I'd like you to release any associated memories to this sadness out of Lee and into the crystal ball now and so it is. We all need to notice any memories begin to flow out of you into the crystal ball. Don't each one out now. There's a there's a block. And when there's a block, if you see that block and you feel it. What does it look like? It's just a hole's closed up and it's just my it's just my stomach again. Ah, and when it's a hole that's closed up, and it's just your stomach again. If you look at it with a sense of curiosity, just watching and what happens now. Just notice. Noticing. Did you notice anything? No. And if you see it and it's blocked and it feels blocked, with that block, literally began to unscrew or open now, just notice in what way it does. And if you were to see that golden light flowing into where that block is, like you're just observing it happen. Notice what happens. And what's happening now? It's like my belly is just like super elastic and there's no getting past it. It's like, it's like the little alien in Aliens, but it's not breaking through the skin, you know? Ah, I understand. And when it's super elastic, I want you to notice what happens if it begins to become brittle. Now, and just notice how brittle it becomes. Yeah. And if it becomes twice as brittle now, notice how this feels. And if it becomes so brittle, you can even see cracks appearing in it. So if you had a sledgehammer in your hand or something you could use, what would you do? It's just all open now anyway. Ah, and when it's all open now anyway, and you see what you can see, what's beneath the surface? I see a stage. Mm-hmm. And if you zoom in even closer, what else do you see? I see me on a stage. Mm-hmm. I see Artful Dodger. Ah. What does that mean, the Artful Dodger? What does that mean? I played the Artful Dodger in school production when I was 14. Ah. And how does it feel when you see yourself playing the Artful Dodger? Happy. Ah. Centre of attention. Mm-hmm. The best. Mm-hmm. Accomplishment, achievement, mm-hmm. recognition. Mm-hmm. Nothing's difficult. Mm-hmm. And if you were to show the nine-year-old boy that, how, how would he react? He's laughing. And what happens now? He's invited us both on the stage to dance with him. Mm-hmm. We're all having a laugh. Yeah. 
singing, consider yourself. Mm -hmm. Feeling all of these emotions. And how old is the boy on this age? 14. Ah. So there's the eight, the nine-year-old and the 14-year-old in the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And what happens now? I'm back inside my gut. Mm -hmm. And how does that feel? The same or different in any way? I mean, I don't want to be in there, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel bad. Mm -hmm. How does it's it like, feel? It's like white things flying around in there. Feels, mm. feels a little bit uptight in my chest. Mm -hmm. But kind of like light and airy and comforting in my stomach. And when there's a little tightness in your chest, and you feel that little tightness in your chest, what is it that's tightening against your chest? It's like that scene in Star Wars when they're, when they're in the garbage disposal and the walls are closing in. So it feels like, feels like the walls are closing in from either side of my nipple in towards my heart. Ah, and if those walls became so brittle, now cracks begin to appear. And then what happens? They stop moving, mm -hmm. but they're still heavy. I'd like you to repeat after me. It is my intention. It is my intention. That these walls. That these walls. Become light now. Become light now. And so it is. And so it is. Notice what happens. Now it's like, now it's like the ceiling is applying pressure. Ah. It is my intention. It is my intention. That all pressure. That all pressure. Ceases now. Ceases now. Through to eternity. Through to eternity. And beyond. And beyond. Now and so it is. Now and so it is. Notice what happened. Still something in there. And when there's still something in there, what does this, this feel like? Like a, a bag of sand. Ah. When it's like a bag of sand, if you see this bag of sand, and what colour is the bag of sand? What weight is it? Bag is grey. The, ah. the sand is like gold. Ah. There's, there's, an, there's an emblem of a snake on the bag. Ah. And what happens now? Following your intuition, Lee. The trap door is opened and all the bag, the sand is just dropped down into my stomach. Mm-hmm. And it's, the pressure's gone. Mm -hmm. Now there's more space. Mm -hmm. And when there's more space and you feel this space, you sense this space, you see this space, and then what happens? Nothing. When nothing happens and you feel that space, what does this feel like, Lee? It feels like space, like space, space, like... If there's nothing there, like, mm -hmm. like again, if I was to associate with it, an emotion, it would be lonely, loneliness. Yeah, I understand. And again, if we work with the light again, that sun shining above the top of your head, and try not to focus on it too much. If this light was to flow down and into that whole space, notice what happened. 
And what's happening now? I just have a... I, it's like my body cavity has no internal organs and it's just... Mm-hmm. Just gold. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't want, feel... It still doesn't feel good or bad. Just, just indifferent. Mm-hmm. I understand. And if you see the 14-year-old and the 8-year-old standing beside you, watching, watching your healing taking place, knowing that they are a part of you and you are a part of them. And if you all know that you can be together as one and become whole, how do they respond to this? Yeah, they're up for that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to speak to your superconscious. Superconscious mind, please aid the full integration of the two parts with Lee now and so it is. Lee, when you're ready, I'd like you to open yourself up to these two aspects and invite them one at a time to step inside, to be together, all of you, together as one. Do you understand? Yeah. And just really feel Lee, that your body guide you. The alpha dodger just jumped straight in and because he jumped in, the little boy, mm-hmm. was, he was just, it was almost like the alpha dodger had filled the little boy with the joy that I couldn't give him and mm-hmm. and then they both came in and then... Okay, stay with it now. Just stay with it. Just stay with it. Just feel now. I'd like you just to feel them inside of you all connecting together as one, like a jigsaw puzzle coming together, forming a beautiful picture, or however that works. Let me know what it feels like you're really connected together. There's two contrasting things going on. Mm -hmm. What's that? As they're merging into me, into my space. Mm-hmm. I'm getting visions of them being like plants, mm-hmm. like alive. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also getting a tug for them to be statues. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel right because it feels cold. No. If you ask them if they would like to evolve to the full age of your personality, bringing through all of their gifts and abilities. And tell me what they say. The little boy's up for it, but the artful dodger just wants to stay on the stage. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to tell him what if he could stay on, what if he can still be able to be on stage as an adult and still enjoy all of that, but he can help the rest of the personality to achieve more of that. I just told him that we need him. We need him to step Good. up because we Good. need we need that Good. part of him in. We're missing. Yes. We're missing that yes. part of him. Yes. He said it'll, how it'll does, come. Wonderful. And when you're ready, allow them to grow inside of you to the full age of your personality until you all come together. That's one. Hmm. So his top hat just burst through my head onto my head. <laughs> and I'm wearing his jacket. It's almost like wow. It's almost like I've be- I'm becoming the artful dodger. Wow. But I don't really see the little boy so much. He's just there's no pain or like- suffering or nothing. He's just mm-hmm. yeah. It's I'd just like you. Can you please let him know that he's got gifts that would really benefit the main personality and would like them, that you would like those as well, in your own words, Lee? I told him that we need his resilience because mm-hmm. he actually bounces back from that disappointment to be, you know, like a really, really good footballer. Mm-hmm. 
we need that resilience and that determination to not give up. And, and that it's okay to, it's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cry and shows he's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that helps us. Yes, yes. And how does he respond to this? He's just smiling. He's, he's mm-hmm. cool, he's okay. Wonderful. And when you're both ready, allow yourself to open up and for him to mature to the full age of your personality, bringing through his wonderful resilience to the whole personality. Yeah. And he's there. Good. And taking your time now to allow all through you with these two aspects to all merge together as one and still maintaining your own identity of resilience the artful doctor what a great combination all being together as one i can quite clearly see my heart now in my where that all that space was i can see Fines and green and wonderful. <laughs> I just realized that I could be happier now because the awful Dutch is part of me. <laughs> Starting to think now, Vinny. Yeah, okay, okay, all right. So that was quite a journey through many, many, many layers of emotion. Yeah. So you're being shown symbolic representations of, in, of emotions linked to specific events in your life. Wow. So sometimes you're seeing events and other times you're seeing the symbolic representation of the emotion linked to a past event. Mm. So we brought you through all of those levels that were presented that had an emotional charge associated to them. It brought you up right through all of those levels. You said your mouth was like the entrance to the snake. When you think about that now, what comes to mind? Nothing, it's just a mouth. Mm -hmm. And you had a block in your throat. When you think about that now, what do you notice? Nothing, just a throat. Mm-hmm. And you had a, a tightness in your chest. When you think about that now, it's not there no more. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the pit of your stomach. When you think about all of that, what do you notice? Still a little bit tight, but not like it was before. Okay. Let me double check something else. A big space inside, it was like a void and emptiness like space. When you think about that, I feel the same or different anymore. When I make the space bigger and fast, there's no tightness. Mm-hmm. So you can make that yourself. When you think about what you thought about before, when it just happened, you didn't voluntarily do it, it just happened. Yeah. When you think about that thought, what do you experience? Well, it's like I, it's like I don't have a belly. Mm-hmm. It's just space. Okay. So is it the same as it was before? Is that what you're saying? Same as it was before when? Um, before you said it was space, but it was a very uncomfortable, it was lonely. Um, oh, so no, it was very- no, it's not. Okay. In terms wrong. of that, okay. In terms of that space, I just, I've got an, an intuition about something. I'd like you to go into that space and tell me what you feel. It's just like space, like black. Okay. Um, in terms of the feeling that goes with it, um, is there a feeling that goes with it, or is it just stillness? Just stillness. Okay. Um, this could be a. Um, an entry point for your spiritual practice. So you sit and go into the stillness 
Mm-hmm. When I say that, what's your first response? Inside. Warmth. Okay, you got it, buddy. This is spiritual center, this man. This is your spiritual center that you, you wanted this. And you said it at the beginning. That is your entry point to your spiritual practice. Right. So I, I would like to invite you. I, I hope that you um, work with that part of you because it's opened up for you. Yeah, I'd like that too. I'm pleased. And when you think back to the eight-year-old boy, when you think back to him, because it started off at school with the football, not being able to play football, all of that emotional stuff, when you think about that now, does it feel the same or different in any way? I mean, I just, I'm just looking at it now with like, I'm just looking at it now with like rational experience and insight. So mm-hmm. I realized that his behavior at the time is like perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, yeah, there's no reason why that should define me now I'm 45. Excellent. That's massively different to before, my friend. And before he was stuck or you were stuck massively in that. Your, your consciousness and your energy was stuck in it. And the, the gift that gifts that that part of you will now bring through your personality would have also been missing. So when he's connected back with you, matured right through, whatever qualities and gifts he has now will be part of your main personality. Mm. Now, the artful, the artful dodger, is, I believe, is also part of your personality is responsible for certain qualities. That's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I felt. And now he's back with you. That's a part of you come back. It's come back and connected back with you. And those qualities now will shine through your personality. You mentioned about the top hat. Mm. You mentioned about the top hat and the, um, was it the jacket. Yeah, blue jacket. Okay. Can I ask you, to please work with these as well. These are very now strong anchors for you. So if you're in a situation where you need his qualities, all you have to do is think about your top hat, feel it on your head, feel your jacket on you, mm. and you will instantly, that part of your personality will come out. And if you work with that ongoing, you can literally step onto a stage, two steps, and you're in it. Yeah, sinking. I like that idea. You walk into a meeting if you need those qualities, boom, you're in. Yeah. So any of the, the pattern of behavior that came from the eight-year-old when he had broken away and the belief he had formed about the world and himself was resonating through your personality before in the past. It was resonating in the past through your personality and causing you to loop around certain behaviors, just looping around and around and around. Now he's integrated with you. Whatever patterns those are will now cease in your personality. I don't know what patterns they were necessarily. Is that mm. not a kind of an idea for you? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how I am mm. over the next couple of days. Think, yeah, it, it'll take a few days, a couple of days for it to all land. What are, you, what, are you, what are you thinking about? Are you sensing a, a doubt or a... a I mean, it's true. Or? No, no, no. I've got my eyes open now, by the way. I, yeah. I mean, the two things that, that come up, the two things that come up for me is one was, like, why did, I ju- why did I just burst out crying when I felt that sense of loneliness? That shocked me. And, mm-hmm. then, uh, and then the other thing I keep thinking about is how... How does the integration of the 14-year-old and the 8-year-old help me with this feeling of inadequacy? But I guess I won't know until I just step forward into life and those issues present themselves. Uh, uh, Let let me answer that question. The the 8-year-old, you were still responding to his inadequacy. So he felt inadequacy. That's a symbolic representation of inadequacy. Right. You were still responding to him. You had lost a part of your personality. The 14-year-old represents a part of your personality that went. 
You see, for you to lose something, for you, for you to lose a part of yourself, you, you also lose, you, you lose certain qualities. Right. Um, so we lose certain qualities. When we get the part back, well, it can be several parts that we lose because it's generally not one experience. It's one experience, but then we have other traumatic experiences as well or other similar experiences. It seems to me like the 14-year-old was a part of what you lost when you experienced the event at 11 years of age. So the 11 year of age to me represents the part of you that didn't feel good enough. The 14 year old is completely the opposite to that. As far as I can see, I might be wrong. It, no, it is. The 14 year old is the complete opposite of the, it's the nine year yeah. old. So, and okay. it, it almost so feel, feels to me like, feels like to me like the 14 year old has been locked away and the eight year old mm -hmm. has been running my life. Mm -hmm. But now right. we've just, now we just, and that's why I when I said the transfer, like the, like the eight year old was not playing ball at all. He wasn't coming along. He wasn't really interested mm -hmm. in anything. Mm -hmm. Then we cracked a little bit, but I think if mm -hmm. I would have asked him at that time, do you want to integrate me? He would have been like, fuck no. But then when yeah. the 14 year old stood up and we danced on the stage, mm -hmm. then the eight year old identified with the 14 year old and trusted the 14 year old. The 14-year-old mm -hmm. trusted me, and then together we all decided that we would merge. And it was the 8-year-old mm -hmm. didn't grab my hand. He grabbed the 14-year-old's hand. He was holding mm -hmm. my hand. And then when we yeah. came together, I said, I can't really see or sense the 8-year-old, but, but the 14-year-old just kind of went pop. Like it, it just it's like filled me up. It's like his top hat yeah. came up, the hat came on. and. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the more I think about that, you know, when, when like, you know, when Liza, when I first met Liza, for example, and she became attracted to me, like she would have been attracted to that 14 year old boy. It's almost mm -hmm. like, it's almost like I gave her a little glimpse of it mm -hmm. in, in order for it to find me attractive. And then, yes. I, and then I, lo and then I push him away again. Yes. And then, and then when I feel safe and secure in my relationship with her, the eight year old takes over again. It's almost like a yes. form of manipulation. Yes, yes. And now I'm hoping that moving forward, that whenever I feel myself slipping into old habits, if I do, then I can just flick that top hat, shake that jacket. But I'm hoping I'll move forward and I'll be like that anyway. But we'll see, I guess. That's the... Uh, yeah, let's... Let's yeah. see. I mean, and, this and, is and, main, Yeah, we can always come back issues. as well. And yeah, we can always come back yeah. again and... You know, yeah. what I want to say though, what I want to emphasize is that this is major shifts. You know, when you burst out into to, to tears, that's been there for many, many, many years. Yeah. And you'd have developed certain behaviors to draw your attention away from that. And many of them would have been destructive behaviors because they create a lot of energy and a lot of drama. And they keep us away from that tender, the tender parts of us. We're so busy dealing with the patterns of behavior that are created problems that you know we kept occupied we don't have to feel down through the layers and this is what i wanted you to do from the very beginning and that's why i said you know we need to move down the layers as quick as we can from the intellect because you know you and i could talk like that i could see weeks, you know i, I mean? could feel i could feel it in between when i was uh, there was certain times when there was a part of me that was going just end it end it tell him to stop tell him to stop right and then, and then, and then I would lose focus, and I could tell you could tell I was losing focus. You were like, "No, stay with the feeling, stay." Because <laughs> you know, I get it. Like there was that, there was the moment where, um, actually, it's really actually this is actually symbolic if you think about it. The moment where you asked me to put a crystal ball to this, like just after I started crying, yeah. and you asked me to put the, um, the you asked me to put the crystal ball to my belly. And to let all that loneliness to go into the crystal ball. And mm -hmm. then you said to then you said, and then I said, Oh, there's a block. Right? Yeah. And I couldn't get through I couldn't get through my stomach. And then you said, We'll make it brittle. And then even more brittle. And then that was a moment where I I'd lost it. I couldn't just before just before I said it's a block, I lost it. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. connect. 
and uh, and that, so I was ready to end it because I couldn't connect. I thought it was over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you got me back into it and said that it was brill, that's when the stage opened up. It didn't. It wasn't wow. like like you were saying to me. Is there a chink of light coming through? It didn't work like that. The whole mm-hmm. belly, the whole front of my belly, just wow. fell away like sand and opened up wow. to a stage. And there was the awful dodger. And it was almost like he was desperate to be seen, but. But the the eight year old or the snake, which could be a representation of the eight year old, wouldn't let wouldn't let was just wanted to wake me up. Wow! Wow! It's like, Can you see? It's like you know when we talk about resistance in alcoholism. Yeah. And I say the resistance is such a strong, powerful force that we always have to fight because that yeah. is what's making us drink. Yeah. And that is what we have to overcome. It's almost like that was yeah. my resi- that was resistance manifestate in a manifestation of the snake you know like yes yes oh absolutely my friend these are symbolic the snakes was a symbolic representation of a part of you in the past without the resistance without a doubt and even the little boy when the little boy was resisting that's your resistance yeah yeah and the 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 other thing was um the elevator that that the 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 mind shaft thing yeah like obviously i'm thinking now as well like it's it's such a story such a intricate it's almost like a movie it's almost Isn't like it? you're it's like you're it's um do you remember like twilight zone yeah it's almost like the twilight zone but like not so creepy like it's mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. could almost make a cartoon out of what just happened yeah yeah you know like and- it astounds me. I call it activation, and that's when the person's plugged in and the mm. superconscious takes over and just works with the person, showing them all these images. And all I have to do is keep the person out of the way and keep them on track. Yeah, yeah. I and enjoyed it. They do what uh, they do. And when you oh, when you did when you said the um, and and um, when you did the intention is my intention that that was really interesting as well. It is my intention that the state leaves my energy space now, and so yeah. it is. Yeah. That is handing over power to the person for them to see how powerful we are by setting a clear intention. Yeah, and I felt powerful as well, you know. Oh, okay. Thank you, Vincent. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. That was a fantastic session. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs>